0: Good morning, beautiful. I know it's gonna be, a good morning, beautiful. When you awaken up with me, it's gonna be a good morning, beautiful. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Hi, I'm Kevin Pankers and I'm Donna Carter and you're listening to Grow on the Go. I haven't seen you for a little while. Yeah, well, it hasn't been a long time cuz we celebrated two birthdays yeah your birthday because you're an old lady and my sister slash your other daughter's birthday i always i always wonder if there are people who haven't been listening for like six years and don't know that we're related you and i maybe so hey i'm
1: different names
0: i'm donna's daughter i'm also married so that's why i have a different name but yeah (laughs) <laughs> Although I do suspect I was adopted. We have 23 and me results coming, so finally the truth will come out.
1: <laughs> you are so not adopted. I
0: don't know. I don't look like anybody in our immediate family.
1: Well, no, I guess not. I, even a little bit. Well, I, th- I think... You, you definitely have Carter traits, Carter features. Sure,
0: yeah. Some people tell me, oh, you look so much like your mom. I'm like, you haven't met my sister. <laughs> my yeah. sister is my mom. <laughs> yeah. They're the same. I know exactly what my sister's going to look like when she gets into her 60s. I, I wonder if she'll rock the platinum hair. Doubt it. I don't think she will. Either. I think it's she's going to really rock her a ponytail pretty much forever. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Or, we, a, or a messy bun. She or
1: looks very cute a messy bun. Cute She in does messy look
0: bun. very cute in a messy bun. She probably will get perms until the day she dies, though. Oh Yeah, because she's she, you got the big hair. I have so much. I don't. Okay, so I have a lot of hair. It's not coarse, but it's not super fine. Right, like it's it's a reasonable thickness. Um, like certainly coarser than yours. When I try to do Kendall's hair, it's like trying to style a cloud or spider webs. It, yeah. yeah, it's just like where your hairs don't exist, which is why she gets a perm. Which is why she gets a perm. I have so much hair. Um. And it's not straight, but it's not wavy either. It's kind of like every individual hair has its own wave. So when you're looking at it, it looks straight, but just fat. I yeah, just have fat hair. It's so
1: funny. When you're both living at home, your shower, which you shared, yeah. was so full of hair products because you didn't use any of the same products. Yeah, hers Yours... were
0: volumizing, and mine were mm. like... Settle down. Yeah, relax.
1: <laughs> Less of you, please. Big hair is is back, so thank yeah. goodness. Mm. That sucks for me because I... Not only is my hair very short, it's also very fine. Yeah, so I have you, a lot of it, but you bleach the ever living daylights out of it, though. So oh, it, there are no secrets on this podcast. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that was a secret. <laughs> no, it did, did not. <laughs> Were Actually, we hoping people would think you are albino? <laughs> my my actual strategy is I'm hoping that you know, um, it will just go seamlessly from platinum to silver mm-hmm. without anyone really noticing that I am old. I mean, whether they notice or not, I have bad news for you, Mom. My face kind of gives it away. That's
0: not what I'm saying.
1: Doesn't matter. We're not here to talk about me. But about me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man.
0: Um, before we started recording, I said, um, I started to tell you something. and I was like, oh, we'll save it for the podcast. This is. Also genuinely because the time cuz we know
1: you're all so fascinated you're, with our lives well, and our hair texture. This is the
0: only time that we really catch up <laughs> and sometimes we need a little bit of chat before we start the content of the podcast. <laughs> so we're just like, "Oh, we'll talk about it on the show." Um yeah, I had actually so two new employees start the week before last. One new employee start remotely this past week and the week before last um, the, the two people that started the week before last, uh, we onboard people as a group so that our poor HR team doesn't have to like, we hire people literally every month. Right. So rather than spend all of her time onboarding people, right. we just do them in a big group. Like a class. Like a class. We, a cohort. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they're in the same cohort, and so they're, like, reasonably tight-knit already because they've been through, like, their boot camp sort of thing together. Which is a great way to start a company. Exactly. Because you're not the only new person. Exactly. That's the other thing. You you have kind of a friend group Mm -hmm. built in. Um, You have a class. Um, So because they started at the same time and they're, like, Hanging out together a lot. I've started calling them the twins. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, um, you can send the twins any blogs for next week. They'll be ready so for that by then. So there's only two people in this cohort. Uh, no, just in my department. Oh. There's only two oh, people. I see. So yeah. I've started calling them the twins, and I was like, Are we all good with that? And <laughs> the guy seems to be neutral, and the girl was like, Oh, I love it. I love that. <laughs> um, and then someone else, um. I was walking over to that same girl at the end of the day and she was sitting at a table with another gentleman that is not in my department. Um, And I said something to her and he was like, are you talking to me? I was like, no, I'm talking to the one that's mine. And then I was (laughs) like, Okay, in retrospect, that doesn't sound great. I meant it. She's like, no, you meant it, like, as if I was your child. I was like, that's exactly how I meant it. And she's like, no, I get it. And I was like, sorry, I won't do that again. She's like, I kind of love it. And I was like, great. So we're really, really leaning into, she's like five years younger than me, but she's my daughter and I'm proud of her.
1: (laughs) Well, it sounds like it's a really um, good um, culture. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Our culture's great. Our team culture's great. I went out for lunch with my team and I don't know about them, but I had a great time. Um... (laughs) Hiring people is cool. I don't try to hire people that, like, I think will be fun. I try to hire people that I think will be good. But mm-hmm. inevitably, I hire people that are fun. And that's the best.
1: Good job. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> I'm not great at everything, but I do think I'm pretty good at hiring. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Um, so that was a triumph. <laughs>
0: Wow, well done. Uh, I, I mean, it's only their second week, but it looks like... Oh, so like it's a
1: temporary triumph. It's
0: <gasps> Look, that's help. the name of this podcast. <laughs> You've sent me your notes for it, and I have not even looked at them yet, so this <laughs> it's is... It's called a temporary true triumph. True, I see that now. I'm looking at
1: them. This is is truly serendipitous. What um I was going to... um I'm glad. I'm glad you had a story that was a... Hopefully, a permanent triumph. You're so welcome. I contribute a lot to this podcast,
0: and I'm really glad you can recognize that. <laughs> <You too. laughs> I'm kidding. I can't imagine doing it by myself. Nobody would listen. It would be you don't know that. We don't even know how many people listen now. It could be five. We
1: don't know. No, we we actually do know. It's a few more than that. Oh, so good. Yay. <laughs> um, so I was um, thinking about temporary triumphs, and I just finished a John Grisham book called Sully, and it's about this basketball player from Southern Sudan named uh, Samuel Suleiman. And I loved the book, and I, it was such a good story, and I was enjoying it so much, even though I know nothing about basketball. <laughs> and I put up with, like, long, long descriptions of many, many basketball games, because I appreciated the story of this guy from Southern Sudan getting an opportunity in, in the U.S., and and then the end, I won't completely spoil it, but I hated the end. And I'm so mad. I am so mad at John Grisham. <laughs> how if, dare if you. If anyone out there knows John Grisham, <laughs> tell him Donna Carter is mad. Man, last week,
0: I think it was last week, we were talking about um, how if anyone knows Lynn manuel Miranda, <laughs> like, let him know. I want him to be proud of me. Like, we're just, we're really trying to leverage our audience here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: Come on, guys, I mean, help us out. It just had such an unexpected and annoying <laughs> ending A twist. Oh, so I mean, it was all about this temporary triumph because this kid went to from you know incredible poverty, yeah, rags to riches, horrible to things in his background things. and happen in his family and stuff, and then yeah, and then he just as he's getting going in the NBA, bad things, bad happens, and. And I'm mad. Fine. So, sounds, sounds like, like a, a delight. Happy, happy to get that off my chest. A glowing review from Donna Carter. <laughs> I mean, I love John Grisham. Send her your books. She'll book review them. <laughs> yeah, right. I can see a whole new career path yeah, yeah. for myself. Yeah, yeah. Just rag on people's
0: books on the podcast. It'll <laughs> Which be great. kind
1: of dangerous when you're an author. When you're an author, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's
0: great. I can do this because I also write books. Please don't be unkind to my books. <laughs>
1: So that was a temporary triumph that that turned really sour, and this is my magic segue into (laughs) our discussion about Palm Sunday, because Palm Sunday is coming. It's just right around the corner. Neat. And Palm Sunday's always been kind of confusing to me. Like, how could Jesus be celebrated in such a huge way, Mm -hmm. and then literally one week later, he's absolutely hated? And let me just clarify: this was before the internet. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that could happen easily today, but back then, like that's really that was Two always vocal minorities. I don't know. It was really confusing to me as a as a well, I mean, till even quite recently. But um, so I wanted to know how could Jesus be celebrated so hugely and and then hated so quickly? And I, I think anybody who grew up in Sunday school knows the basic story of Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right, we what we often call the triumphal entry. It has a lot of significance, but what we don't know is why. You know, what was it about? And what happened? So do you want to take a, a stab at that? I'm not trying to uh, humiliate you or anything, but in, what is your... The why or what happened? Well, um, the significance of it. Sure, tell us. I'm going to get you to read the scripture of what actually happens, okay. but why, why is it significant? Uh, so, okay...
0: There was something about recognizing the, like, royalty, sovereignty of Jesus, I believe, because they were putting palm fronds down so that the donkey he was riding on wouldn't touch the ground. There was something there, I think, I don't totally know. The more I talk about it, the more I'm like, that's, I think that might be all I got.
1: And I think. Most people would say the same thing. It's pretty oh, it's pretty mysterious. Just like, they did all <laughs> sorts of weird stuff in the Bible. We don't know. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, doing all sorts um, of stuff. It's also, it, I, I just think it's so weird that the crowds were praising Jesus and giving him the honor that he deserved. But then where were these people like 20 minutes later when people, other people, some people were shouting crucify him? Mm-hmm. So why don't you read the account for us? Um, This is from the New Living Translation, and it's from Matthew 11. Okay. As Jesus and his disciples
0: approached Jerusalem, I'm discovering that I haven't figured out how to read yet today, so bear with Hmm. me. It's a a process every day. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of uh, Bethphage? Bethphage, Bethphage, Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever written, it's just there. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the The Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They said that Jesus had told them to say they were permitted to take it. They had brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many of the crowd spread their garments... Oh, it was garments, maybe not fronds. Both. Uh, Both, great. Depends which account you read. Okay. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David! Praise God in the highest heaven.
1: Okay, so there's several things of significance here, that was easy for me to say, Mm -hmm. um, that we might miss at first. And I want to give a a shout out to Pastor Grant Sylvester of First Alliance Church in Calgary. Uh, Many of the thoughts I'm about to share with you are his. So, go Grant. Yeah, go Grant. Um first, we need to realize that Israel has, at this point in history, been occup- been an occupied country for six hundred years. Oh boy, <laughs> They long to be free, and they know from the uh, from the prophetic books like Second Samuel, for example, that a descendant of David would someday rule Israel forever. And they're like, any day. Yeah, well, yeah, they long for it. So then in Zechariah 9, 9, in the New Living Translation, we read this. Re- Do you want to read it? Sure. Go for it. Rejoice, O people of
0: Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey.
1: Uh, Riding on a donkey's colt. Okay.
0: Yeah, Great. just a little clarification. There, that, I just feel like that's... The editor in me is like, not necessary, red pen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, the Bible wasn't written for web content. Well, so, yeah, someone should probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the Temple Mount's packed with people in Jerusalem for the celebration of Passover. And they noticed that this man, who is rumored, rumored to teach unlike any other rabbi and does all kinds of miracles, including healings, is now riding into the city on a young donkey. We're gonna assume they're familiar with this Zechariah Zechariah passage. Apparently. At least a lot of the men would have been. So and let's not even get into that. (laughs) (laughs) I just I'm sorry, am I seething? (laughs) Um, so the the, the crowd's gotta be excited. This is this they have reason to be excited. Now add to this something I learned while I was in Israel. The text tells us that um, Jesus approached the city from Bethany and the Mount of Olives, so he would have crossed the Kidron Valley and entered the temple through the Eastern Gate. This is hugely significant because the Eastern Gate was only unlocked for Passover because it was believed that the Messiah, when he came, would enter through that gate. That
0: seems kind of like a chicken or the egg sort of situation. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, did... Did people believe that because that's what was going to happen? Or did Jesus go through there because that's what people believe? Yeah. Well, well I mean, it doesn't matter in the
1: grand scheme, but it's uh, interesting. I, th- I think both. I think both, actually. Chicken and the egg. Yes, I think so. I mean, I think Jesus did that to make a statement. He oh, was, I mean, yeah, he was very he was intentional. He clearly stating his identity. Pretty
0: much everything. Well, no, not pretty much. He lived a very intentional life. Yes,
1: yes. So the people got this part right away. And that's, what, that's why they worshipped him so enthusiastically, saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And um, in first century culture, someone's name represented who they are, their entire identity. So what they were saying was that Jesus was a representative of God, as hmm. in God's son. The part they got wrong was assuming that the kingdom had come that Jesus had come to establish was a political one. He entered the city, not on a war horse with chariots, as a king or military leader would. that Basically the first century equivalent of a column of Russian tanks, mm-hmm. which we've all, we've all got a visual See of that recently, yeah. He rode a donkey, and riding a donkey as opposed to a horse or a chariot symbolized humility. So he was also saying, I'm not coming to reign right now, not in the way you think mm-hmm. I am. Jesus had already told his followers that his mission was to suffer and die. So it must have been confusing for a lot of people. How is that going to help us? Yeah, like how, yeah Thanks, exactly. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus came at this point in history to offer spiritual freedom, not political freedom. Mm. Some of the people who praised him on this day had such high hopes for him that. They probably felt really disillusioned when he didn't fight for himself and, and for them in, in the next few hours. Yeah.
0: I I actually, as you're talking and I'm picturing this, like I always picture Jesus as like more than a little grubby because he's always, first of all, he's fully nomadic. He is always traveling. Mm-hmm. He's touring. Um, yeah. Water was pretty hard to come water by. Water was hard to come by. They're walking everywhere. Yeah. He's dirty and dusty and probably pretty sweaty and like and people would expect that when you're traveling but I would as well unless they're expecting you to travel like by like litter or palanquin or something <laughs> that like those chairs that are carried around right um it's weird to me you know what that's called
1: uh well no, I wasn't not that weird I know no what you read. I read a lot of things <laughs> but I'm not
0: sure other people know what that's <laughs> called right, so thank you um, I don't know Yeah, that's what that is. Um, Oh, so you didn't know what that's called. Interesting. Okay, anyway. um, But even if people did expect him to be walking a bunch of places and then ride in on a donkey, I think people would expect him to, like, you know,
1: clean up
0: up when he got there and be like, hi, my name is Jesus and I'm running for king of Israel. Um, You know, to campaign a little or whatever that looks like, right? Right. Um, So I'd imagine even being like, this guy's a total bum, <laughs> uh, which he wasn't, but it just, you to know. To be fair, I think there were a lot, of, high on a his lot priority. of grubby, stinky people. I think there were two, but I still think from a political savior um, who has these rumored powers, right. I think you probably would expect some level of, like, you can't magic up some, like, clean socks or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, that's my theory. Okay. Thank you for coming with me on that little journey. <laughs>
1: All right. Sounds good. Um, so I yeah, so some of these people may that, that have watched are are watching this and and you know said you know, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, um, they might have been some of the ones who shouted, crucify him only a week later, but mm. probably not. Mm. There's a reason that the Jewish leaders bribed Judas to tip them off when Jesus was away from the crowds late at night. Right, that tracks. The people who praised him and put their hope in him were most likely soundly asleep in their beds when the mob, the religious leaders whipped up, shouted, crucify him. Mm -hmm. By the time the common people were beginning their day, Jesus was already condemned to die. And by the time they'd done the breakfast dishes, he'd already been crucified. So it was all done very much on the down low mm-hmm. because the crowds adored him. See, that made sense to me. I never understood how there could have been such a bait and switch. Well, and they chose, like, the crowd that was there chose
0: Barabbas, who was not a great dude, as no, far as he we was know. A murderer. Um, yeah, and people, like, knew that and they were like, nope, keep that one, get rid of this guy. Um, and so, like, it wasn't people that were like just going with the crowd necessarily. These were people who were like, they had an agenda. They had an agenda, yeah, definitely,
1: yeah. definitely. Because Pilate kind of tried. Yeah, he did, and and the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees in particular, have been trying to trip Jesus up. Oh for, yeah, they did. You know, they months. were not into it. Yeah. yeah. So knowing some of these details makes the story of Palm Sunday make a little bit more <laughs> sense for us. Mm. Um, But there are some things that we can learn from it. It's a practical application for us. It's so important that we don't make up our minds about Jesus Mm. and what he wants to accomplish for us or in our lives before he shows us what that is. First century Jews and also Gentiles who would be visiting for Passover because there were Gentiles who worshipped God, the, the way we understand God to be, um, they wanted a savior to conquer Rome and establish Israel as an independent nation, but in demanding this, they were they missed the even more significant eternal salvation, mm-hmm. the spiritual salvation that Jesus was offering. When we demand that Jesus carries out our agenda instead of His own, we could miss something far more significant that He wants to do in our lives. I mean, for the Israelites, being set free after you know, 600 years of oppression would have been pretty amazing, but nothing like every generation of all, you know, all the world being set free from the tyranny of sin and gaining the ultimate freedom, eternal life, uh, the ultimate freedom of eternal life in the relationship with God that we were created for. We want to be released from pain Mm. in our circumstances. When Jesus might want to use our pain to draw us or the people in our lives to him. It's worth saying that that's, it's not
0: unreasonable to want to be free of pain either. No. Jesus wanted to be free oh, of that pain. I, he asked.
1: Know, great point. That's a really important point. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is we would need to want Jesus more than we want to be free of pain. And that's mm-hmm.
0: what Jesus did as well. Yeah. He said like, look, if there is any way I cannot be go crucified. through what I'm about to go through please, please do that. And if there isn't, then I will do it. Mm -hmm. I know that you know best. I will do what you ask me to do. But I'm just putting it out there. (laughs) I don't want to do this. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: So it is okay to ask and then also surrender.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, as you say, it's natural that we want life to be easier. Mm -hmm. But Sometimes Jesus wants to use our troubles to draw us into more intimate relationship with him. And I can honestly say, looking back on my 61 years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I'm glad Jesus didn't give me what I wanted from him in some of the hardest days of my life. Because what he gave me was so much better. Knowing the story you're about Mm -hmm. to tell, I can say, you don't know that for sure. (laughs) I wanted so badly for the baby I carried two years after Kendall was born to live. I, I miscarried at the beginning of my second trimester, and it was so painful. But I know that if I hadn't lost that baby, I would never have had you, right? And I'm so thankful for you. I. It's been. Yeah. Well, we we just won't even get into <laughs> the rest of that. But I love you. I love you too. Um, Another example, I cried out to God to settle the discord um, over your dad's ministry at a church we served in many years ago. Um, I wanted to stay there. I wanted to stay at that church. I wanted to stay in this city. And I wanted to continue to live in close proximity to my family. That didn't happen. And we had to move far away from uh, a place where we had no friends or family. But God used our pain to do deep healing work in both of us. And we are such different people as a result. We're happier, we're healthier, and we're so much more productive for God. So I want to ask our listeners, what are you asking God for these days? Have you stopped to ask him what he has in mind? Maybe what you want so badly isn't what God wants. The best thing we can do is to bring our surrendered hearts to God, as you just said, Kev, and pray the prayer that never fails. Mm -hmm. Your will be done. And that's hard. It's hard to release that sometimes. One of the
0: things, one spot where I think I do reasonably well in my spiritual relationship with Jesus is I'm decently good at holding things loosely most of the time, Um, just because God's shown up for me so many times. Um, But just remembering like, he has plans for us to prosper us, mm-hmm. not to harm us. He's got us.
1: And that's very real for you right now.
0: Very real. It's been real for me pretty much my entire adolescent and adult life. I mean, before that as well, but it's been
1: something I've been aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Because your life is very much in his hands. I have
0: no idea where it's going, which is scary, but that's okay. It's not my problem to fix.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean, and that is exactly the right that is exactly the right attitude yeah. to have. And so I want to say to our, our listeners, as you celebrate Palm Sunday this weekend, make it a celebration of surrender. Let Jesus know that your worship isn't conditional on getting what you're praying for. Let it rest in the knowledge that he loves you. He knows what's best for you. And he'll never leave you. Mm hmm.
0: Um, we would love to hear anything you have to say, anything you're struggling with, anything you found particularly interesting or helpful in this show. So please do uh, follow us, Grow in the GrowinthegoPod, on Instagram. Uh, we do weekly videos there that I think are very funny. Um, <laughs>
1: so does Holly, the manager of Joy. Great.
0: <laughs> so uh, that's a, that's like two out of two people surveyed like them. Um, 100%. And, yeah, that's 100%. Don't forget to subscribe to your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Or, of course, like always, you can listen anytime using the My Joy Radio app. And, uh, yeah, if you do have any feedback on this show or any previous show or ideas for new shows, because, like... Our yeah. brains only go so far.
1: I mean, this is season six. Yeah, we are six years into this
0: <laughs> podcast. So, yeah, we're not out of ideas. I texted mom about an idea yeah, I had for show the other day yeah, that I think is going to be pretty one. good. Um, but having said all of that, that's it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankers.
1: Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.